As we continue in our Advent series, today we arrive to the reason for it all. He is worth the wait. Jesus is worth the wait. And today I'm going to continue this conversation with Pastor Richie Fike as we talk about the next part in our series, which is the person. Yes, today we're going to focus on Jesus himself. So as always, I'm going to cue the intro and we'll be right back to begin this part of the conversation about the reason for it all, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Discipleship starts with a conversation. Sometimes that's easy, but sometimes we're not sure where to even begin. This podcast is created to inspire us about scriptures and relevant topics so that we can walk closer with Jesus and then have meaningful biblical conversations with those God has entrusted to us. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me Ministry. We believe that no matter what our age or stage in life, devotion and discipleship are God's calling on every one of His followers as we seek Him, speak Him together. So let's skip the intimidation and get straight to the conversation. Fike, welcome back. Good to see you. It's a wonderful holiday season, and today we are at the epitome of why we're even spending time in this studio in the first place. Yeah, and I like what um, Kelly said this morning. He said, it's not what we're waiting for, but it's who we're waiting for. Mm-hmm. I love that idea, that this whole idea of worth the wait. Well, I've asked the question every week that I've preached this, what are you waiting for? But I think Christmas reminds us who we're waiting for, and that is such a big deal. It is such a big deal. Well, today we arrive to the person, and our specific scripture is this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mm -hmm. And in that, we have the person. Yeah, and what a person he was. Never been anybody like him, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people have imitated. A lot of people have tried. Uh, but there's never been anyone like Jesus. His personality, his the way that he explained and lived out the ethic of heaven and showed everybody on the earth and everybody for the history of time what it means to really understand the heart of God. Uh, there's a scripture that says that Jesus was the fullness of God. So when we see Jesus, we see God. And so we only have these three years and these four perspectives on who he was and what he said and how he interacted and who he challenged and, you know, and who he healed and why did he stop and all of these moments in the Gospels. But in those four Gospels, we see the fullness of the heart of God. It's amazing. It is amazing. What a beautiful re- reflection on Scripture, Fike. I love that. And and that's part of the heart that I want our listeners to catch from this series is that there are these words that we're trying to boil all of this down to, the promise, the process, the prophecies, the person. But that's just the simple aspects of it. There is so much more. It's a brilliant picture that God has painted in his word about all of this that he is worth the wait. Fike, I want to talk with you about the person of Jesus that you see as an adult, not just you as an adult, but him as an adult. But before we get there, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you this question. If you could have been a part Hmm. of seeing Jesus as a person when he was a baby, which character would you want to be in the Christmas story? 
Hmm. That's fascinating. I mean, my instinct is to say Joseph hmm. because – but but at the same time, like <laughs> who wants to be the father of God? You know, <laughs> like that's pretty tough. I think the wise men had a pretty pretty cool job. You know, they kind of came and, and brought gifts and worshipped him. I'm a worshiper by nature, so I, I resonate with the wise men. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shepherds were just kind of out doing their job, you know, watching their fields by night. And they followed a star and came upon something amazing. That's more the way I've lived my life. Mm-hmm. I've just sort of like happened into great things. And I'm like, hey, look at that. <laughs> so I probably resonate more with with the shepherds. But I don't know. I mean, just to be there would be incredible just to see it. Absolutely. Only a few people did. Only a few people did. And yet God gives us the extraordinary opportunity to peer into that moment in time. Yeah. There was a donkey in that barn, right? Uh, probably. Because I'm usually an ass. <laughs> I'm not sure we've ever had a cuss word on this podcast, but there we go. You should delete that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure there were a few chickens scratching their way around and, yes, a few sheep. And I think about the innkeeper a lot. I'm an Airbnb host. There you go. And I think about the fact that that person was so busy. Their house was so full. Their inn was so full. They're booked solid. They were booked solid. They had no place not even for a pregnant woman giving birth. Yeah. And so they were like, well, you can use the barn. Like, I think about that and I can brush aside the innkeeper. And yet I wonder what I would do in that person's circumstance. Yeah. When do I push aside the opportunities that God gives me to encounter his presence? And that innkeeper missed out. But I wonder if they were peering around the corner saying, oh, my goodness, let me run back to the house and grab some things to help this woman once they realized what God was doing. Yeah. Did they realize? Sure. Maybe they never even thought twice about it. Mm -hmm. You know, we got this barn. Mm -hmm. You can hang out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I find it interesting that your first response was about Joseph, because I believe that God has really used the person of Joseph in your life, just based on some of the conversations we have had. So then as we go from the nativity scene and the person of Jesus there at the nativity scene, this tiny baby, he grew into an adult and he lived out his calling. He showed us the fullness of God. And there's one moment in scripture that has especially captivated you about that person. Tell us about it. Well, before we get to the manger, Mary comes to her betrothed and says, I got some news for you. I'm pregnant. And as Jewish custom would provide, he had every right and every reason to make a show of her shame. Hmm. Uh, He very much could have, some might even say should have, put her sin on display That because obviously it says he knew her not. That's scripture mm-hmm. for we know what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in that moment, I love what it says about Joseph because it's an insight into his character. It says he decided to quietly divorce her. He decided not to make a show of her shame, not to put her on blast, not to make sure everybody in the town knows that's not my baby. <laughs> you know, like there's none of that. He just decided I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to stick with you through the pregnancy and then I'm going to quietly divorce you. And I think that's a beautiful moment. It's a, it's a moment of Joseph's character, who this man was. And then Jesus one day walks through the town and there is a woman who is caught in adultery. Now we know that there were two people. It takes mm-hmm. two to tango. Uh, but this woman, here she is naked in front of the town, caught in her shame. 
And Jesus, it's a famous moment, Jesus looks at this crowd of people who are have stones in their hand ready to do what they think is the right thing, to put this person's sin on display and to feel good about themselves in doing it. And he bends down and there's all sorts of conjecture about what did he write mm-hmm. down, you know, Bob, tax evasion, you know, Bill, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like it, there's, there's all this conjecture mm-hmm. about what he did. But one by one, they dropped their rocks and they walked away and he stands up. And what I love there's a scripture that says that that Jesus is filled with grace and truth. Grace, here's this moment. I forgive you. She said he says, "Woman, where are your uh condemners? Where are the people that that have come to stone you?" She says, "They're gone. Where are your accusers? They're gone." And he says, "I don't accuse you either." But then he says, "Go and sin no more." So it's this beautiful mm. juxtaposition of grace and truth. He doesn't just say, "I just love you." I just love you. Don't just keep doing what you're doing. He doesn't say that. He says, Hey, I, I haven't come to condemn you. I love you. Now go and sin no more. And I just think there's a little bit of Joseph in that mm-hmm. moment. There's a little bit of dad, a little bit of, mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? We don't need to put people's shame on display. We don't need to do that. When we have the opportunity to show dignity to someone, let's do that. And I just wonder how much of that is heaven and how much of that is Joseph. Mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful kind of moment where we see a father who's had an impact on a son. And that specifically ties into our family disciple me ministry, because as we disciple the next generation, whoever it is that God has entrusted to us in some small way, we parents, grandparents, mentors, older brothers and sisters, however it is we are in our particular situation, we have the opportunity to mirror a small reflection of who God is into the lives of those he's entrusted to us. Totally. The only villains that Jesus faced were the proud and, you know, the the prideful and the mean-spirited and the judgy. You know, he, he had nothing but kind words to say to the people that were considered the worst of us and nothing but wrathful words to say to the people that were considered the best of us. And so he's showing us the ethic of heaven. And if we can share that with our kids and help them to see people as people, people that deserve dignity and love and care and truth, don't forget about truth, mm-hmm. you know. And I think what's interesting culturally in our world is we're we're really pushing The world is pushing the church to be more about grace than truth. And Jesus was equal measures. He he shared truth. He shared grace. He shared grace. He shared truth. I don't think one works without the other. I don't think you can give grace without truth. And I don't think you can give truth without grace. It's just, it doesn't work. And so this, this world that our kids are growing up in is pushing them to just love, just keep doing what you're doing. I'll just, I just love you. Right. But what you're doing is bad for you. And if I don't speak truth to you, then you're just going to keep going down a road to ruin. So you have to speak grace and you have to speak truth. Well, and you were talking earlier about this picture that we have of Jesus in the gospels. We also have a picture of Jesus in the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And of course, John, the beloved, wrote the Gospel of John, but he also wrote the book of Revelation where he saw Jesus. As we wrap up this episode, can you give us a picture of the person of Jesus from that amazing moment in Scripture that we're still, in fact, waiting for? Yeah. I mean, so as a pastor, I get to do weddings a lot. And my favorite part, of every wedding 
you know, mom and dad or grandpa and grandma have come to their seats. The, the wedding party have come. They're standing around the altar. The groom is waiting. Here he is. He's, he's got his tux on. He's trying to, trying to look tough, trying not to cry, you know, and then the double doors open in the back of the room. And here comes the bride. Mm-hmm. And there's this moment where everybody looks to get a glimpse at her. Right. But I always look at the groom. Almost every time, especially if I'm officiating the wedding, I like to watch him. First, I want to see if he cries because I think it's funny. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then second, I just want to see that look in his eye because we're all looking at a beautiful dress and a a person that we love, a friend of ours, Mm -hmm. a cousin, Mm -hmm. whatever. He's looking at his future, walking down the aisle, and they're locking eyes in a way they are communicating without words. Because this is their future. And that's what's waiting for us. That's what we're waiting for. That's what's coming. And I think that's what God's waiting for, for that moment when he gets to lock eyes with a beautiful bride. And we see him in all of his glory. He sees us clean and and blemishless before him. And we have that moment that will never end, where we are united, reunited. Genesis 1 and 2 where they're walking around free with God, no no shame. They don't even know that they're not dressed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing is going to happen at the at the last two chapters of Revelation is this moment where the bride and the bridegroom are reunited once and for all, and it'll never change. That's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for Jesus Amen. to return. I love how Revelation closes. Even so, Lord Jesus, mm. come. As we conclude this episode, Fike, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? I just think, you know, at Christmas, when you're sitting down with your kids, I think it's important to remember, you know, I I always tell my kids, anybody can make a promise, Mm -hmm. but it takes someone with character to keep a promise. God made a promise, and then 1,762 years later, he fulfilled it. So, you know, I try to I try to remind my kids during Christmas that Christmas is about remembering that he's a promise keeper. He's not just a promise maker. And he kept his promises in sending Jesus the first time. Mm -hmm. And he's going to keep his promise in sending Jesus the second time. Oh, friend, I pray that wherever this episode finds you in the holiday season or even somewhere down the road, pray that you will be and strengthened and inspired that Jesus is worth the wait. He is wonderful counselor, almighty God. He is our savior, our deliverer. He is the one who loves us and speaks to us in grace and in truth. He is the one who's going to return for his bride. God promised it. There's so much to the person of Jesus. And so I pray that wherever you are in the midst of your life right now, today, in this season, that you will listen to who He is, that you will tune your heart to His presence, that you will search scriptures and you will find out more about this amazing person who loves you with all He has. God bless you, friend. Be encouraged. Merry Christmas. Until next time.